Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! Okay, then. Um, let's start with you, Amanda, and your number 10. Okay, my number 10. Now, what does the name Guy Goma mean to you guys? He's Guy... not a singer of Elbow, is he? Goma. <laughs> no. Guy Goma. Now, he, he um, I, think it, I, think it's, I think it's a full 16 years ago now. Now, he made television history, really, um, by... I mean, he was an he's an icon. He was the gentleman who was ushered on to uh, BBC News at lunchtime oh, when he, was... he went for a job interview and they asked him, obviously, some some researcher um, went down to reception and said, are you here for the interview? And he probably said, yeah, I am, because he was. And then um, he got ushered in and he had makeup put on his face and then he got popped in front of the cameras and asked all about um, Apple and their their um, vision for the future. And he answered every single question absolutely fantastically. Um, but the job interview that he went for was as, um, to work in IT. He didn't get that job. He didn't get that job. So I want to go back and I want to give him a better job. And I want to give him the job as BBC correspondent for Apple. Or, <laughs> or as he put, put it when he um he said that you can go to a super cafe and you can see and you can download the internet. That's what he said, and that was true. You could go to a super cafe. And I think that that's an amazing word for you know, way to name an internet cafe. How much how much more fun is that? I'm off to the super cafe. Um, yes, yeah. please. Yeah. So I would have it's given not just him a cafe. It's a super cafe. It's a super cafe. <laughs> so and he said you can go, you can go you can do anything, and he's right about that. And he um yeah, that I don't think that they really noticed that it because it was the it was another it was another guy called Guy as well. Um, it should have been um, another bloke called Guy Cuny. Yes, I do know a lot about this because I do watch <laughs> it, and also I'm Facebook friends with Guy Goma because wow. um, when I was working on a radio show at Absolute a few years ago, we were obsessed with Guy 
Goma. And we actually wanted to write a biopic about his life, the event, because I think it would work mm. as a feel-good film. Yeah. It would like work. Eddie the Eagle kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, so I befriended him on Facebook because the presenter of this particular show was leaving and I thought it'd be great if Guy um, gave us a, a, a message um, but he accepted it too late. But I am still friends with him on Facebook. And just so you know, Guy Gomer fans, his birthday is Boxing Day because obviously it comes up on my Facebook. There you go. There you go. Wow. Yeah. That was one name I wasn't thinking of. I was going to be writing down tonight <laughs> is Guy Gomer. There you go. Right then, Neil, you're number 10. Please don't judge me for this, but Caligula's Emperor reign from 37 AD to 40. Oh, blimey, AD. now. Now, I just, I don't want to partake for obvious back reasons. Back to semen again, go on. No, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to go and see if they were really as wild, his parties and his dinners and everything, that they, you know, history tells us they were. I, I just, I'm intrigued to know if it's true or not. And that's why I want to go and look. And I can't partake because I don't want to change the course of history. So there you go. But, you're, but then again, Neil, you're quite happy just watching, aren't you? I mean, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes why I was going to say they're just they're just looking. Doesn't make it sound you know any more innocent. I'll be peeping I have to behind say. the curtain, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I just I'm intrigued to know whether they were as you know as out there as they say they were, or whether it was just complete hokum and normal everyday affair. I think that'll go with any of the, like the far away historic events, isn't it? I think a lot of it, uh, uh, the majority of mine uh, that are in past, real past history, mm. you basically think of whatever movie has been made about it. So you, that's where you draw your references from, yeah. and that's where I, that's where I would be fascinated in regards to that. So, so. You wouldn't want to be Calig- Caligula then. You no, to- not at all. Oh God, no. <laughs> no, oh, Christ, you, you no. just want to just. Uh... I just want to. I just want to be that voyeur <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my number ten. I'm going back to 2500 BC uh, and Stonehenge. Um, um, I also have this on my list as well. Okay. What number have you got mm. it on your list? I um, have it on my list as. Oh, um, nine. Number nine. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, we went to Stonehenge earlier this year or late last year. And it's one of those things where I wish at that moment I had a time machine that I could have gone back because, again, they, they have an idea of how it was built and how the massive stones were transported. But just thinking of those people in those days when they wake up thinking jesus christ we've got to move these goddamn stones how are we going to do it uh, it just it fascinates me and the fact that just a simple structure like that has so much history and so much but like going back thousands of years not just you know it, you look at where we live we have a church that was built in 1400 i know that because i was in the play at school called 1400 about the building of the church always struck me this what did you play for... what was your, what I was, was your I was, part he was, I was the church peasant. i was a peasant no i was a oh. peasant yeah where i had to use i had to wear my mum's pixie boots because i didn't have any of my own and they were too small you didn't have your peasant pick. shoes handy i didn't have my normal peasant <laughs> shoes handy i was only i don't know how old it was 11 12 13 maybe and it was a yeah it was a written by the the people you know the the music 
teacher in Sirencester. Nice. All about, yeah, it was it was terrible. Done at the church, actually done at the church. It was. I think that sounds absolutely brilliant, by the way. I'd love oh, well, to see the pictures. Yeah. yeah, there aren't any pictures, no. Yeah, you say <laughs> that, you say um, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think it's just one of those places that is steeped in history and not the surrounding areas where a lot of the the burial i can't remember what they're called but the burial grounds are around there as well um it's a fascinating place right jamie you're number nine i've gone for the uscss nostromo from alien 1979 um Nostromo, it was named after a Joseph Conrad novel from 1904, apparently. And it's this huge commercial towing vehicle carrying 20 million tonnes of cargo. It's just this immense ship. But despite the exterior, what I love about it is the interior and the way in the opening of the movie um, that environment is revealed to us. It's where we're going to spend, you know, the next 90%, well, the, about 90% mm. of the film, apart from when they they land and, and start looking for eggs. Um, <laughs> uh, it sets the boundaries and it sets the parameters of what's going to come. And immediately we feel kind of closed in. And in fact, it was based on a World War II submarine, apparently. Um, and then you've got that cool room um, of mother, the onboard computer, mm. which apparently was inspired by a cathedral, and all the lights are to sort of represent candles in this sort of sanctified room. Um, so I've always kind of been in love with not necessarily the outside of it, but the inside of it I've always adored. Mm. Because, again, it was one of those things, like in Star Wars, and really Scott was inspired by Star Wars, you know, to have this kind of used universe. And he got Roger Christian, one of the production designers, to to, to build some of those sets as well. So there's like bits of a calculator stuck in there, and there's like a an old seat from a car and yeah i just love the kind of mishmash nature of it yeah it was, i think it was the first spaceship i saw growing up in a movie that i thought was real it looked mm. real mm. i mean <clears throat> star wars has elements of that but it still had the sort of make-believe of the millennium falcon and that mm. but that one definitely i thought you know it, it really and still to this day i think it holds up in the effects mm. and the, the design of it and it looks perfectly plausible and real doesn't mm. it well then, mm. there's nothing flashy about it either mm. is there it's not a flashy spaceship it looks like it's something that's been sent out into space to, to carry cargo yeah because in space no... is what they always yeah. say don't they about alien yeah. Yeah. yeah and um that's a good I, again that was one that i didn't think of to be perfectly <laughs> honest i should have thought of that one uh neil you're number nine <laughs> so it's the bat bike from nolan's batman universe um it just blew me away that it's a real physical working machine. But also the first time I ever watched that movie when they re- when they introduced it was on the IMAX at Waterloo, you know, the big one in London. And the noise and the sound literally put the hairs on the back of my neck going up. I just, I for some reason, I don't know what it was um, and what it is about that bike in particular, but... Yeah, I've I've now I've, we've seen it, haven't we? Of course, we saw it in LA. Pav, um, we did it was on our on business display, trip. Yeah, on our business trip. Um, and I just even looking at it in the flesh, it's just one cool fucking thing. I wish I could ride a motorbike so I could try and get one. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. I will. I will just say we always refer it to a business trip just in case my wife is listening. It's just so she just officially we went to LA and sure. it was a business trip. It just was. in case she listens, she never. Mm-hmm. But just in yeah. case, <laughs> um, but out of Batman's, is it, um, is it called the Bat Bike? 
I think so. I don't understand that it's not. I haven't seen anywhere. When I I sort of Googled it and looked at the pictures and the design that they actually made, I, I think it was five of them in all that were properly used. Um, yeah, they just referred to it as the Bat Bike. All right, okay. So, and obviously those movies were filmed in IMAX, like Nolan Loves. And the, the, the yeah, the literal, the screen and the sound, when I first saw that, I don't think I've experienced anything since like it. It was just blew me away absolutely blew me away mm. okay that's fair enough uh my number nine is the black pearl from pirates of the caribbean wow. um i love the fact that they i'm not sure whether they actually did build the whole black pearl for real but um when they're showing when they've got the, the, the scenes when they're on deck as such it just looks amazing i do like those the pirate era of vessels they just look so grand and intricate and beautiful and just the way that they um are designed i think that's that's with any of these movie vehicles and especially when we inevitably get to star wars it's the production design mm. of a lot of these things that they take something that is a normal thing or and tweak it to make it unique and beautiful and i think something like the black pearl looks like a normal ship if you like but when you start really looking at it it's just it. It's just a beautiful piece of art, if you like. Mm. Um, and the fact that they then did the um, oh, what was the Flying Dutchman, which was again. I mean, all the ships in in that that sort of whole series of movies were were beautifully designed. But my favourite is the Black Pearl. I so, never took you as a pirate. I really you didn't. never took me as a pirate. Oh, no, <laughs> I thought you knew me. <laughs> Okay. Uh, right, Aaron, then you're number eight. Um, d- yeah, I uh, just can't help believing. Okay. Yeah, I just um, really like that one. Song by BJ Thomas. He, he recorded that in the 70s. It's like a country song. Yeah, so I just really like that one. Nice and soft and tender, like f- full of meaning. Um, yeah, I just really like that one. And my, I think it's my dad's favourite, even though he's not an Elvis fan, but he likes that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things about Elvis is that even if people aren't Elvis fans, they will have at least probably three songs that they love. Oh, definitely, yeah. They're yeah. Elvis. Yeah. I think that's what that's that's why he is so legendary, I think. It's, or yeah. You could say that about the Beatles or probably maybe maybe the Stones, I don't know, but I think mm. that's definitely a um, something to prove how iconic they are. To use your word again, Neil, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, number You'll eight. Doing it, <laughs> number eight, Neil. Uh, you're the devil in disguise. Oh, oh did you yes. want my song, Pav? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's um it's a foot tapper, isn't it? It's a yeah, great, it's, it's a great song. <laughs> yeah. It's just I don't know. It's a feel good, another feel good song. It's a, it's um yeah, as I say, it's a foot tapper. It's sing along, and it's one that I've always known throughout my life, and so I've always been listening to it. Um, yeah, um, I'm a big fan of that song. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Right, my number eight is I Can't Help Falling in Love, 1961, yeah. from the movie Blue Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and I think out of all the... Ver- I've heard there are so many different versions of it, especially, I think, didn't you before you do a, uh, a version of it, didn't they? They did, for, um, yeah, it was for a film, wasn't it? Oh, was and, that for a film? Was yeah, it? it was Sliver, wasn't it? Was it? Oh, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. with all the pictures, TV screens. Um, it is a beautiful... Mm. Love song, and it's one of those songs that are quite simple that you could learn on the guitar as well. It's all very simple chords, but all the more for it being a great song with how simple it is, 
you know, it's the fact that so many, well, 1961, so that's, Jesus, 60 years ago that that Yeah, crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still being played and, yeah. and, mm. and, and cut and covered. And, yeah, beautiful, still. beautiful oh, yeah. song, yeah. Goodness me. Right, number seven, um, Scott had license to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Cam, you're number seven. I have From Russia With Love, which, you know, coming off of Dr. No, they have really nailed down the, like, Connery bond, sort of the mercenary edge of that bond. And he would become a little more superhero with the following film, Goldfinger. But that mercenary edge is really there in From Russia With Love. It's a really tight espionage caper, very Hitchcockian. You've got train travel, which is the ultimate Hitchcock trope. And Robert Shaw is an incredible villain. Also, Lenya as Rosa Klebb is so cool and obviously inspired Frau Fabrisina in the Austin Powers films. This one is just... Bond movies are not known for their tight pacing and really like economical runtimes, you know, especially when we're talking about, say, No Time to Die recently, which is almost three hours. Whereas you look at one like From Russia With Love, which is just under two hours and just moves beginning to end. Everything fits together really well. It's a really fantastic thriller. Mm. It's been a long time. I didn't put it on my list because it's been such a long time since I've seen it. Is Cleb the one that had the knives in her shoes? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for its time. Look at that. How brutal is that? Especially mm-hmm. for the 60s, but yeah, I do. That's starting to come back. I'm going to have to watch all these again. I know, I know. Scott, is that not in your top 10? It's, it's actually my number two. Ooh. Mm. It's, it, for me, uh, we were saying earlier about favourite spy films. I, I went to Hitchcock initially. This is Bond merging with Hitchcock. I can't really complain. And I really don't like films that go past two hours, personally. So it's, it's, quite, it's nice and compact, and it's probably Connery at his best for me. His most panther-like, he's always referred to as some sort of animal. We'll go for panther this time. Um, and that fight in the train with Robert Shaw, it, I think it's still used as showing people uh, you know, fight choreography and stuff like that. It, it's a great little scene. And also, we were referencing North by Northwest earlier, and this movie is heavily influenced by North by Northwest. The entire like you know finale with the helicopter mm. is a lot like the crop duster in North by Northwest. Right. And you mentioned, you did mention, um, Cam, Austin Powers. Is that something that sort of ruined Bond a little bit in regards? Because that's one reason maybe why I can't get in touch with the the Connery Bond, because you watch it and you go, oh, my God, that's the bit that they took the piss out of in Austin Powers. Does that have any influence on you guys? I think I really enjoyed the Austin Powers films and it didn't affect my enjoyment of Bond, but I think it forced Bond to readjust what it is. You couldn't do these sorts of megalomaniacal villains the way you had like a Dr. Evil, who obviously was a lot like Blofeld in yeah. uh, um, you know some of the classic Bond films. So it made them, well, ultimately it led to Casino Royale. It led to them taking an entirely different approach to what Bond was for a whole generation. So I think if anything, it made them, you know, think outside the box and come up with something cool. I think if, you know, you have a franchise just resting on its laurels for too long and people start lampooning it and it doesn't, you know, change up its game, then it it doesn't really deserve to continue on. So I think it was just, it probably worked out for the better, honestly. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, right, Faye, you're number six. Okay, well, um, I'd be really interested to hear from your listeners whether they have spotted this next packet of crisps anywhere because I can't find them anymore. But it's MS Extra Cheesy. Well, I'll say what's it's, but they're not what's it's. And I've looked online. Um, the the normal kind of cheese, cheesy what's it type crisps like that MS puffs smell. Kind of thing. Right. Smell? Sell. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they're called cheese tasters, but these were like double cheesy, mm, double wow. cheesy. And I can't, I used to get them on my way home from work on a Saturday. Um, and there's like a service station down the road from us. Um, so maybe they just sell them at service stations. I don't know. But they're so cheesy that they they send your fingers orange and it looks like you've smoked a thousand fags, <laughs> like nicotine stain. And then I'd look in my, so I'd eat them as I was going home and I'd look in the, in the mirror and I'd have like, like a big orange <laughs> circle around my mouth. I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, what about the crumbs all down the front? <laughs> oh, um, just flick them all on the floor. It's fine. Yeah, yeah I can't. I, I can't seem to find them anywhere. So maybe MS have stopped making them. But yeah, oh, if no. if any of your listeners have um, bought a packet recently, love to love to know where you, where you get where you get them from. Yeah, the more cheese, the better. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not just cheesy. They're extra cheesy. They're extra cheesy. Yeah. Is it just uh, a generic cheese, or does it like advertised cheddar or? Something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't really study the packet. They just <laughs> from, they all go down. But all I know is that they're extra cheesy. Um, oh, yeah, they're just they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous, but I can't find them anywhere. Wow. Right. Okay. Well, again, MS, if you're listening, Faye wants some extra cheesy tasters, whatever they're called. Is it tasters you said they're called? Well, the the normal ones that they sell, which look like what's it's. Right. They're called cheese tasters, but of right. course they can't call them what's it's, can they? No, no, no. But these are extra cheesy ones. Extra. Okay, they're extra cheesy. Extra che- Have you got, got that? All right, Faye, we got that. Yeah, they're <laughs> extra cheesy. Okay, Neil, you're number six. Is Walker's Sweet Chili Sensations. Ooh. I enjoy a, I do enjoy a, a tang, a bit, of, a bit of a kick of heat with certain things, and I think they're a perfect combination of both in that. Lovely. And again, a great sandwich crisp. Yeah. Because it like, really fires it up a bit. I it's... forgot these. I'm devastated. I forgot these. Are you a fan of them as well? Oh, they, they would have been in at least in like my top five. I cannot believe that I've forgotten mm. these. I mean, what, the sensation range is sensational. Most of them are pretty damn perfect, aren't they? The uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, the balsamica, <coughs> excuse me, onion ones. Are perfect. The chicken and thyme are probably the best flavoured chicken, Chris. But to me, the original sweet chilli ones, oh, yes. Do you know, I overdo- I love them so much. I did overdose on them. Right. Um, and I haven't touched them for years now. But I do get a little bit of indigestion after eating them. Oh, as well. so I have to be careful with things like that at my age. So, uh, <laughs> but, but I appreciate, you know, they're, they're a good crisp. They, they really are. are. They're very, really very nice. Are. Yeah. Uh, right. My number six is the good old Quaver. Oh. I, think you, I think, again, not quite as cheesy as the extra cheese M&S ones. Um, <laughs> but I think I got a feeling, I think it's another one of those ones that will melt on your tongue, you know, mm. or just melt you. You don't 
crunch them. You just put them in your mouth and then let nature take its course. And then like a fly, you know, they just, it, it melts it down into this gunk that you then just like slurp back down your esophagus. Um <laughs> They just can't, I, I can't get any more. Uh, <laughs> I can't get any more graphic than that. Um, but, but yeah, with I, Quavers, they bought the prawn cocktail back recently, didn't they? For a limited did time. They? Oh, yes. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I prefer I the prawn cocktail to the, mm, the original cheese. But I think flavor. they've gone again. I think it was only for a limited time. So why did they why do didn't that I, to yeah. us? Why, why did didn't they I get the memo? Spot? They could have yeah. sent me an email about that for crying out loud. I didn't know that at all. I just I missed the whole prawn cocktail. They did prawn quaver. cocktail and salt and vinegar. Wow. Quavers. That's a taste sensation. Oh, it's um, I like it when you find a really mini quaver in your packet. Have you ever found like a... Yes. Like, but oh, they're usually really hard, one. though. And then, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like they haven't had that, you know... Cooking process, maybe. Yeah. It's like when I found a, a mini pom bear, it hadn't been through the kind of baking process and it's this tiny little pom bear and it looked like the teddy of one of the the you know the baked <laughs> pom bears ones, yeah. it was so sweet uh, i think i ate it anyway did you feel sorry for it or did you <laughs> wait for it to grow and nurture into a pom bear no it's a crisp it's sweet <laughs> <sweet. laughs> but it's not extra extra cheesy though is it no <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Boll & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Boll & Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bollandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Harry, we've got your number five, which is Travel the World. Uh, Neil, we had your number five, which is the super yacht. Yeah. Uh, my number five was the personal cinema. Uh, right then, Lucy, your number four. Number four is uh, my um, favourite horror franchise in the world, and we have kind of touched on it, is, um, is Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. Um, and I'm, I've gone with Jigsaw for a couple of reasons, and I'm, I'm not going to bore you to death. I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, number one, he tries to convince you as an audience that what he's doing is, is right. He thinks that he's fixing people. He thinks that people are being punished in these horrific ways because they don't deserve to live. Like, his motto is cherish your life and, mm. you know, sort of you know, if, if you then survive this horrible situation he's put you in, you're like reborn. That's kind of how he sees it. Um, secondly, that horrible look, look and puppet that he uses. I mean, you know, horror villains and any kind of villain needs some sort of, you know, like Darth Vader's got his mask, Hannibal's got his mask, Ghostface's got his mask, <laughs> Jigsaw's got his puppet. Uh, Billy, who was actually made for his son, which is terrifying. Um, yeah, he's, he's evil through and through. He was never going to stop until he died. Um, yeah, and he's human. He's a hundred percent human. He's a, he's a dying cancer patient, mm. you know. And he can still do all this. Like he has, you know, he's not Thanos. He hasn't got superpowers, he, but he, he can put people in, in a life or death situation. He, he's, he's horrible, but at the same time, I could probably defend him if I was kind of asked to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if how clued up you guys are on the Saw franchise, but it's. The first three movies for me, I sort of gave up after the fourth. Yeah, (laughs) the fourth when it just got silly. But that first movie, watching Mm. that at the cinema for the first time, having no idea that that was him led down there all the time. And it opens with the key going down the drain, doesn't it, as well? And you're like, what's that all about? And the way it twists. It was genius because you didn't really look at the guy that was led there no because i felt i don't know about you guys but for me it was like would i cut my leg off to get away you know would i cut my foot off to get away and then you're, you're constantly thinking that in your head mm. you don't think about the dead body or the, the body that's like there so when he 
gets up, you think, fuck, I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and again, I think they were like diminished returns for everyone that sort of mm. happened after it. But again, the first movie, I don't think there was anything. And that voice. Yeah. And the, yeah, exactly the voice. And, and the, the pig mask. Yeah. I find that terrifying. You know, the mask, the pig mask. Oh, the pig masks. Yeah. 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 They're all, oh. That's yeah, a great yeah. creeps now. Great work. But that's Danny Glover, isn't it? I, I completely forgot until I watched it, written, well, not so long ago, yeah, that Danny, Danny Glover was even in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then wasn't it Donnie Wahlberg in one of the sequels? Yeah, he was in Donnie the second Wahlberg one. In the second one, yeah. The second one. Which has one of the most nasty bits in. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's, some, there's some nasty bits in those. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's yeah. kind of part of the reason though isn't it because if someone can go to that length to torture someone I mean Jesus yeah Christ. exactly exactly yeah. but then again like you say he's a dying cancer patient he's got nothing to lose mm. that's he? it he's, got he's lost everything lose. so he he thinks that he's some sort of like what's the word like profit almost that he can sort of be like oh well you've now sort of you know cut your leg off so you're now reborn it's it's very biblical it's very egotistical it's very disturbing yeah yeah <laughs> and very. even the jigsaw thing um was because if people failed the traps he would cut a piece into them to um symbolize they had a piece missing mm. um that was kind of his trophy it's very disturbing it yeah, is, yeah yeah it is if you, if you yeah. yeah if you think but i th- thoroughly recommend anybody that hasn't seen the first saw mm. movie although we probably ruined it a little bit for you know? <laughs> I, would, I would recommend going to see it definitely the Absolutely. same as you know, the first screen movie mm-hmm. first paranormal activity was when I thought I genuinely was on the edge of my seat for because I didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on you know yeah it's that all the firsts of these movies are the ones to go and see because again Absolutely. they start becoming fresh, very, yeah because they come yeah. samey when it's number two three mm-hmm. four and they're just trying to make money out of it Blair Witch Project another one is the one mm-hmm. you know you don't yeah. know what's going on uh, Neil you're number four it is uh the emperor good old palpatine he oh. is a good villain he's um to me uh, well nasty I, I might forget him in rise of skywalker and we'll just go back to him being the emperor and forcing uh luke and vader to fight and luke to overpower and kill him he was he was enjoying that wasn't he he was almost orgasmic when all that's going on here mcdermott's performance he's nearly um creaming his knickers <laughs> he really is if you watch it i mean he's he completely made him a pantomime in that one but from Empire Strikes Back he becomes this sort of entity that you know is controlling Vader he's controlling everything that's going on he is like what all the James Bond villains really wanted to achieve he's actually done it and um, yeah he's he's a nasty git nasty git (laughs) although he does look like Ron Atkinson a bit (laughs) in um, Return of the Jedi no Revenge of the Sith Revenge of the Sith yeah he really does but yeah, he's a nasty git, isn't he, with his big cloak? Are you talking about the Emperor or Ron Atkinson now? Both. <laughs> both. Put them both in the same bracket. Okay, then. Uh, all right, my number four is someone that you mentioned earlier on, Neil. Uh, it's the Sheriff of Nottingham. Ah. Um, I, I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a very special place in mine and my wife's uh, heart when we were when we were dating, when we were oh. courting back in the day, and when the, the Brian Adams song was playing in the cinema, we were the only ones in the cinema, so he was having a dance in the aisles while the song was going on. Oh dear, those days are sixteen long weeks gone. of that song, <laughs> <know>. number one. <laughs> I know, and and you're absolutely right. It's a complete cartoon um, performance. 
but it is so and it's so over the top but it is fantastic and the yeah. fact that I think it was said that Kevin Costner pulled back on some of the Sheriff of Nottingham's um, lines because he was stealing the show um, and you can understand, totally understand why mm. you know he's another one that took his role and just went with it but so instead of like playing it at like six or seven played it at like 95 out of 10 yeah. <laughs> completely over the top um and again i think he's so watchable in that mm. even his death even his death is just like so over the top and it's almost like there's a bit in the time when he's dying he's he's getting to the window and he's like been stabbed you almost feel like there's a bit that they cut out where he looks at the camera and goes oh and then dies and you just feel like maybe that was a bit that like kevin costner went no let's not have that in um yeah, well, I love that movie. But a great line. And cancel Christmas. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yes. Or I'm going to cut his heart out with a spoon. Yeah, yeah. Some great lines, and it really is a pantomime villain. So, yeah, And then well, the other one was, you, my room, 6 o'clock. You, 6.30, bring a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so good. Yeah, some great lines in that, some great lines. So good. Do you so think good. that was written, or do you think Rickman got to improvise a bit? It wouldn't because... surprise me if it was an improvised mm. line, but yeah. there, there's, there's quite a few good lines like that, but it's like all of the good lines went to the sheriff of Nottingham. It was yeah, like, yeah, that, that's what it was there for. So, Sophia, you're number three. My number three. I don't know if you'll know this one. Um, hold on. How does it go? That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> hey! <laughs> Has you got the hay in it? Yeah. <laughs> go on then, go on then, what is it? Arthur. Arthur? Oh, oh the, the cartoon. cartoon, yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking of the movie. Look at the screen, they're like, what are you on about? <laughs> I thought you meant the movie for a minute. I was thinking, hang on. No, the, the one, I don't know what he is, like a little... Mole. I guess, or mole or something, and they're all different animals, and you've got his sister, DW, and... Oh, I just and I just loved it growing up. It was such, but actually, the theme tune used to drive me mental. I remember as a kid, I hated it. Now, I think it's the best theme tune. Well, second, uh, one of the best theme tunes there is. I think it's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Arthur. Oh, my kids, my kids liked it. So yeah, that's where I think so I, I, I sort of remember up. it from. But yeah, he was a mole fully clothed, wasn't he? Up on two feet. Or I don't know, he might not have been a mole. He might have been a shrew. Who knows? I don't think anyone <laughs> quite knew what he was, but it was it was one of those things that you were never really sure what any of the characters were, but you no. just kind of went along with it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was totally normal. Yeah, a bit like the banana it. splits. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Just don't question it. No one quite knows what... The, I don't think anyone was supposed to really know what they were, but you went along with it and you enjoyed it and loved it. Exactly. So, yeah, that's my uh, number three. Okay, then, Neil, you're number three. Batman! <laughs> the 1966 Batman. I'm still a huge fan. Still think it beats Danny Elfman's score. <laughs> and I think it should be used on every movie. Um, it's great. It's a great opening tune, and we all everybody seems to know it. And even even like younger generations now know the tune, but they've never seen the nineteen sixty six Batman. So it's obviously passed my, through. 
My five-year-old nephew knows it. Never seen the program, but mm. you know that program. But l- loves it and knows mm. the tune for sure. Yeah, it's a great, great scene. See, and that's another one that it'd be very interesting for someone that has been brought up on the movies to go and watch the 66 Batman yeah. because it is so camp. Yeah. It is so colourful. Well, that's yeah. why I always hear that it's just totally different to what you actually yeah. expect. And because it's insane. It's yeah. completely insane. <laughs> the acting is very... Again, unless you buy into the acting, you would think, oh my God, the acting is terrible. But it's done but purposely. Think, but it's done, it's done with a very big wink at the camera. And it is... It's joyous watching the 60s yeah. Batman. It really is. But but because they've gone now for so much reality and to sort of um, base the whole Batman character in like a grounded reality, it's a million miles away from what the original sort of Batman... Is. Well, I'd say the original Batman, but the 66 Batman, but... Mm. Yeah. I love it. Love yes, its pieces. Yes, I absolutely, I've been gollo- uh, swallowing it down whole watching them again. I just nice. love oh. these pieces. I honestly do. I wish they'd bring it back. I think it deserves a reincarnation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, right. My number three uh, was another staple of like the Christmas holidays and um, summer holidays. It's here we come. Walking down the street, <laughs> at the funniest looks from everyone we hey, meet. Hey, hey, hey with the, the monkeys. People say we monkey around and do that funny walk where they've all yeah. Kind of, yeah. I used to love the monkeys. The TV show was, I just, it was fun. It I was wanted funny. to do that. I wanted to get three of my mates and just live in a house together <laughs> and just like make music and just piss about for, you know, however long it would take us to piss about for. Um, and I still enjoy watching the monkeys as much as it's very sixties, yeah. you know, and very sort of hippified, and it's all paisley shirts and flowery stuff, and and all that weird sixties dancing. Which I'm, you know, glad that I wasn't around in the sixties. I haven't probably. seen that since I was a child. I don't think because oh, no, it was on the same morning as <laughs> the uh, banana splits. Yeah, yeah. It was on the same time. It was as a staple of the mm, like the Saturday Christmas morning. and Saturday morning, and, and so I'm, I'm, I don't know. I will have to have a look on YouTube. They might do like actual full episodes on YouTube. I don't yeah, know. I'm going to have to have a look because I really do want to see one of those. Games. I've seen clips of it. I've never watched a full episode, but I know the the, the song. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's also it's like strong. it was like canned laughter, and it was like you know yeah. awful sort of canned laughter but I, I just there was something about it that I just loved again I haven't seen it for a while I don't know how I'd feel if I watched it now I'd probably think what a load of crap this is oh my god no wonder I turned out the way I did watching this as a kid <laughs> right Alice you had number two is Pink Floyd Neil you're number two Eels <laughs> that's all I'm going to say now okay. I'm a huge fan when they dropped in the 90s um, with uh, um, Nova came for the soul um, single and then beautiful freak album. I was hooked. It's the band I've seen live the most. It's not for everyone. I understand that. Um, I just love everything. It, all of the, its output. Um, I've got it all, and I'm off to see them again in March, and that'll be about my twentieth time. Wow. So, a bit like you, Alice. I'm, I'm hooked. And I don't expect anyone else to get it either. (laughs) Do they have a song called Mystery's Beautiful Blues? They did, which was from the film Road Trip. Road Trip, yeah. yeah, I do love that song. Yeah, and obviously they did um, My um, Beloved Monster, which was on Shrek. They did another one on Shrek, which was um, I Can't Sleep. 
Um, a lot of their songs have been used in movies, yeah. and they used one recently when TV series I've just watched, Brassic. They used the It's a Motherfucker song, which he played at the um, Jerry, whatchamacallit, when he died. Who, who, oh, what was his name? Um, not Seinfeld, the other one. Oh, Seinfeld's still... Oh, anyway, moving on. I can't remember his name. <laughs> but he sang it live for them. It's a Motherfucker, one of the most beautiful songs I think ever written. I quite fancy that at my funeral. No, it's a no. motherfucker. Mm. Yeah, have okay. a listen. It's a great song. Yeah, it will do. If you're calling it but, one of the most beautiful songs ever, I'm yeah, <laughs> it's just him and a piano. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But they their songs are they do a lot of ballads. Well, not ballads. I would say sad songs, and then they do a lot of like mysteries, beautiful blues, and all that. And they are so much fun live. They really are. They change their songs for the night, if you know what I mean. So you'll you'll know, you'll think, well, I know that song. And then it's completely different. They're either doing it a lot heavier or they've stripped it right back. Fantastic live band. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm one of those ones that only knows the hits, but only mm. knows them if I hear them. Like yeah. You tell me what the title is, and I thought, oh, I don't know. But then it's a bit like, say, Crowded House. You don't know yeah. a lot of their songs until you hear them. You go, oh, I know that one. Oh, I know mm. that one. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number two is very close to your number two, Neil. You had the eels. Mine is the Eagles. Ah. <laughs> so, um, it has to be because, again, when I was a kid, every Sunday, the albums that, that my mum and dad would put on would be Chic and the Eagles. And I just learned to just, I just fell in love with everything that the Eagles have done. Um, the, is it Long Road Out of Eden, which was the album from the, I think, the early 2000s, maybe? Sure. Which, which took them like five years to make or something and it's got some amazing songs on it but like early classic eagles for me so you said you were going to go and see them alice yeah, is that yeah, because you're a fan kids. of them or i'm a fan so it was my so my dad started messaging me just going like oh you know the eagles are in liverpool next year and i was like all right dad and i didn't hear anything and then i get an email from him with all the ticket details and the uh, details. And he was like, hey, look, Alice, the Eagles are Liverpool. And I was like, all right, Dad. And then he messaged me again over WhatsApp. And I was like, listen, Dad, if you want me to buy your tickets, go and see the Eagles for Christmas, just tell me because I'll do it and yeah. we can go together. Yeah. He was like, no, I wouldn't ask you. No, Alice, I couldn't ask you. I couldn't ask you. So I was just like, fuck this, bought the tickets. Like, listen, we're going to see the Eagles, Anfield. This uh, Is it in June, I think? And, it was like, and he was like, yes. And I was like, yeah, obviously <laughs> that's what you wanted. Um, but yeah, we, my dad has had like a huge kind of part to play in my music taste. Like a lot of what he was listening to when we were kids, I now listen to. And yeah, the Eagles was one of them. And like, we've been to see, is it the Illegal Eagles? Right. Tribute band. We've, yeah, been to yeah. see we've been to see a lot of tribute bands together. Um, But yeah, so then obviously the real deal sort of was coming along. So we were like, right, got to go. Mm. Take it to the limit again. One of the greatest songs Beautiful. ever, ever written and, and, and sung. Um, yeah. I, I, they they charge so much for oh it's for, insane yeah over over two hundred quid for us both to go that's crazy yeah absolutely crazy merry Christmas dad I hope yeah. you're listening yeah. enjoy <laughs> but I, I have I have seen like videos because it's Glenn is it Frey or Glenn Fry what how, I don't know how you say it but the one oh, that passed away. Is it Frey? Don Don Henley's died as well, hasn't he? No, he he hasn't, no. It's just Glenn Frey. Glenn Frey died and um, his son now takes over. I don't know whether he has for the new tour, but he had taken over for the last tour that they did. Um, And again, sounded just like his dad, a bit like 
George Harrison's son that just mm. sounds exactly like him. It is spooky. So, Ali, what is your number one Christmas movie? Well, again, going back to nostalgia, um, it's a movie that I always watched with uh, my mom, dad, and grandparents. And my grandfather laughed at this movie like I've never heard him laugh before. And most of the scenes involved, oh, well, let me let me show you. I have a prop. Oh, oh wow. Look at that. And oh, that's Eddie. awesome. Shitter's full. The shitter um, is full. A Christmas, uh, Christmas Vacation, to me, is the best Christmas movie because you laugh from beginning to end. You get all the Christmas feels just with family and just good times. <laughs> just good times. Yeah, it's a fantastic... It's my number one as well. Let me just uh, uh, say that. It's... Um, Everything that you just said, Ali, it's it, it makes me laugh every single time. And it still holds up, so, I think, better than any other movie on this list. It holds yes. up so well. It does. And it's the, the, the walking on the planks um, in the... Oh, my uh, God, in the attic. In the attic, yeah. Amazing. It's just... It just he, that's one thing that Chevy Chase is fantastic at. And I think Steve Martin said that that was the reason they chose him for The Three Amigos, is that he's an oaf. He's just mm-hmm. an oaf. He's just somebody yeah. that is uh, just big, awkward. Um, I yeah, I love that movie. That's why I was surprised, Neil, that it's only number seven on. It's not on to your... say I don't like love the I, movie. I never said you didn't. I never said. I, you... I really do love the movie. Don't fight, guys. Let's let's not fight. Let's not fight. Not at Christmas. Let's, yeah, let's not fight in front of Little Miss Christmas. That's just not yeah. the way to do it, is it? <laughs> um, so, Neil, what's your number one? This film, uh, the way you feel about um, National Lampoon's Alley is the way I feel about this movie. It's a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. I just, I think it is nigh on nearly the perfect movie. Um, Whether at Christmas or not, it would be my top 10 movies of all time. And I watch it every year, Christmas Eve evening, it goes on. And I just think it's perfect. I mean, it's dark for its time, if you think about yeah. it. Subject Very. matters all over the place. Um, it's not what you expect from when it was released. And I think, um, I, I, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's a perfect movie for me. There's not much else I can say. I literally could watch it every week, nearly. Um, I just, it's a perfect, perfect film. Cool, what a barrel of laughs you would be, Neil. Why? Because it's a happy week. ending in the end. Well, there is in the end. I yeah, mean, you've but you've got to go, go through, through like... What's, what's life if you don't go through the ups and downs and come out, at, you know, conquering all and being positive at the end? That is true, Neil. So. That was lovely, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. 